Hey, everybody, and welcome back in to Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? Well, uh, I'm great for the first time in a long time. Maybe, I, you know, I'm not going to use the word ever. It just feels like ever, but I'm on a super Bama high uh, at the taping of this show. We just now upset the Mississippi State women's basketball team in Starkville, a stunning upset considering where we have been for years and this year, a pretty average bunch in the SEC, and Mississippi State is a threat to win the national championship year in and year out. I mean, it's it's a, a stunning upset, uh, but uh, I watched the very end of it, and uh, it was fun, and uh, congratulations to uh, Christy Curry and her uh, her gals. That's a job saver for her in a way. Now, I mean, you could have made the case because I watched that game was on SEC Network, and uh, today's my wife's birthday. So, oh, I had a happy birthday! Of- happy birthday, Krista! <laughs> and then, so we had we had a, a bunch of shit to do last night, and stayed out longer than I wanted to, and then some shit to do this morning, and stayed there longer than I wanted to. And I get home. Uh, so, for those who don't know, Krista and our daughter have a house in Birmingham and then I still have the house that I've lived in for a long time in Alexander city and I work in Alex city. So I'm driving to Alex city today because I got some work to do. Got to cut this podcast, got to write an article, got to get ready for the finals uh, for basketball tomorrow, which I'm calling some games tomorrow afternoon. And so I was doing all that shit and I just happened to flip on that game. And I was like, Oh shit, Alabama's kind of hanging in there. And then I, I was, I really had the thought like, Okay, but Mississippi State will pull away, so there's really no need exactly. to watch it this anymore. I can head on to the house. And now you're telling me we won. Was it a buzzer beater? It was a buzzer beater. It was literally a it was a tip in, a tip in at the end. It was tied, tied at the end. Alabama had a possession to win it. Uh, got off a last second shot, didn't go in, but we're in a great, uh, great position to tip it in. And I apologize for not having the girl's name right in front of me. I'm not as I'm not quite as familiar with our women's basketball team as I am our fourth team outside linebackers on the football team, but that's just yeah. how we roll here at Locked on Bamba. But nevertheless, I do know. That's how we roll on <laughs> earth. That's how we roll on earth. <laughs> Which I is mean, a real everybody shame. does that. Like, Let's I apologize mean, look, I know. on behalf of I'm humanity. Not being, I'm not being misogynistic here. I mean, there's no, <laughs> there's no diehard Alabama women's basketball fan I mean, outside of somebody who's played on the team or really close with a member on the team. And that's okay because, frankly, we haven't needed any. And if we had any, they'd all be heartbroken for the last 25 years. So <laughs> they haven't I'm won in a while. Glad, it's fair to say they haven't yeah, won in a while. I'm kind of glad that now we can just now get into this. Like, normally, like Auburn Auburn men basketball fans, you know, they act like they they, they were all had James Naismith as an uncle now that they've been good in basketball for three years, neglecting the fact they're historically the worst program in the conference. But, you know, and so we're like, yeah, you know, that new money is really starting to show through with them. And, you know, in in men's basketball is one thing. You kind of look like a pompous turd. But in women's basketball, if you're you're kind of new money, everybody's like, you know what, the whole thing is new money outside of UConn and Tennessee and Baylor maybe. So, yeah, I mean, we, we can all get behind this. And so, uh, uh, hey, man, I'm glad Christy Curry's doing well because I'll tell you, the most, the most arduous thing uh, uh, that AD Greg Byrne could probably do is go through a women's basketball coaching search for Alabama. 
I mean, yeah. you, because think about your your list has to be so short because there <laughs> there's so few people who will probably take the job knowing, okay, you're in the SEC, you're in the toughest conference. It's like taking the Vandy football job and, and it, it, taking the Vandy football <laughs> job in a sense, or maybe Kentucky football job. And, um, or maybe, you know, Missouri basketball. You're like, okay, I mean, I, I can come there and I'll get fired just like everybody else has. But Christy Curry has hung in there. She's hung around like a hair in a biscuit for a while now. And we thought, I thought, I mean, honestly, if you had told me Christy Curry was not coaching this team right now, I'd be like, yeah, okay, I can buy that. But she is still <laughs> coaching it. And she's, she's tur- maybe, maybe she's turned a corner as a guy who gets to see some of these great high school girls play in the state of Alabama, as I will this whole coming week, and get to see a lot of these girls go on to different places, for instance, Mississippi State, and kick ass. I'm glad that we uh, that maybe we have a, a women's coach that's going to be able to start recruiting our state boundaries and, and let some of these in-state girls uh, come into Alabama and make a difference. So, yeah, I'm, I am thrilled for Christy Curry. At the same time, I'm not going to pretend that um, – that, uh, I knew she was still coaching, frankly. <laughs> well, it's much like we talk about with the men's team. We're about to get to them in a second. They obviously had a huge win last night. But it's like what we talk about all the time as it relates to recruiting in men's basketball. I don't I don't pretend to know women's basketball recruiting. I mean, I, I, I know no more than any single one of you that thankfully chose to listen to our show today. Uh, each of you knows as much as I do about women's basketball recruiting. But I do believe it's a fair guess to say that much like men's basketball, if we dominated in-state recruiting, in other words, we got every girl in the state of Alabama good enough to be a winning SEC player, we would be really good. I'm sure that's true because I know it's true of the men's team. And, and I know that a lot of people disagree out there like, no, 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 there's not enough talent here. Well, if you want to go to the Final Four and win the Final Four, that, that's probably true. You, you would have to sign players from outside of Alabama or outside of border states, at least one or two or three. But I, I know this. If you sign every kid in Alabama that's good, you will be a national contender, period. Just add Josh Lankford to the current Alabama team. Add Austin Wiley to this team. Heck, as we've talked about him before, add Tevin Brown from Murray State to this Alabama team. Oh, God. Uh, just just that's add my, that's them. That's my dream is that he transfers in, yeah. <laughs> I mean, just add them, and, and, and we, we would be unbelievable. So, yes, you can uh, win big if you get every player. Now, some might say, well, that, well that's entirely unrealistic. Uh, I would say ask Nick Saban. Walk in, walk in Nick Saban's office right now and say, Nick, is it impossible for Alabama basketball to sign every good player in Alabama? He would kick you out of his office. He might literally kick you out of his office. He might literally put on his ass-kicking boot and kick your ass right out of his office. Because he no, would tell he'd have you, somebody else do it. Yeah. He would tell you you're not doing he'd have your job. Do it. He'd tell you you're not doing your job if, if you're not doing that. So um, one of my favorite stories, let's not mention names, and boy, now that I'm on this rant, uh, we won't mention names, but it, just because it's just a, a good story. But but we had a head football coach who was visited by a former head football coach who came and talked to him and said, uh, "Wow, uh, I, I've seen tape of the uh, top two or three kids in the state. Uh, you know, are uh, 
well, what are our chances with them? And he said, well, you know, right now it looks like, you know, they're, they're both, you know, one's going to one SEC school, another one's going to another SEC school. And he asked him, he's like, well, what are you doing to change that? And that, that's why it didn't really work out for that first guy. <laughs> and that's why it's Alabama. We, we, I know we're not California, Florida, or Texas, and we can't change geography. We're never going to be. But this is what we can do. We can get every kid in Alabama to put Alabama across their chest. We can do that. If you're from here, you, you, you need to be from here. We need to be the launching pad. To, hey, if you want to play pro sports, you can do it from right here. If you want to win big, you can do it right here. If you want to go to school with all your friends from high school, you can do it right here. If you want to go to school where all your family can come see you play, do it right here. There's no excuse to go anywhere else for any other sport. No, that's right. And, I mean, you have to look no further, again, than Auburn. I mean, or Mississippi State, for that matter, in men's basketball. I mean, Mississippi State in men's basketball used two players from the state of Alabama, one of them who will be my broadcaster tomorrow in Bart Heights, to go to a Final Four in the mid-'90s. And Auburn uh, used a bunch of guys who were not necessarily all from Alabama, but they were all very close to Auburn, you know, in Atlanta, that, you know, Jordan – uh, Bryce Harper, excuse me, I don't want to say Jordan Harper. Uh, why would I say Bryce Harper? It's, it's the baseball Harper. player? Why am I saying No, uh, yeah, well, Auburn didn't have Bryce Harper. Uh, and I don't even know Bryce what I'm Brown. talking about. I hate baseball. Why am I talking Bryce about Bryce Brown and Jared, Jared Harper. Harper? Bryce Brown and Jared Harper, uh, both from, you know, closer to Auburn, so much so that you could they could be considered in the state boundaries if you, right. you know, had a typical state that's not some New England cut-up piece of crap. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I mean, look, you just have to get, get some guys and you can't miss quite as often like we've missed on some guys, but having said that, and and second of all, to reinforce the fact that we are not misogynistic at all in this show, we, we love the ladies. We love you women, your fantastic women power, all that shit. I'm, I'm very, better than us. they're better than us. You're better than us. You're better than us. We don't know what you do. But you're better than us at it. We know what we do, and we do it poorly. Um, but uh, the, the most amazing feat yesterday, uh, considering that Tuscaloosa native Deontay Wilder was defeated uh, by a guy who looks like somebody who was a bouncer at the Tusk when I was in school, um, and considering that Alabama scored 103 points in a SEC game for the third time this year, when they hadn't, or for the maybe the fourth time this year, is it third or fourth time? And we hadn't scored a hundred over a hundred points in any game more than three times in the last nine years cumulative. Uh, the most amazing thing yesterday was that an 84-year-old woman hit a 94-yard putt in Mississippi basketball mm-hmm. arena on a wooden basketball court, and she hit the putt 94 feet into a freaking mouse hole. <laughs> and wins a car. What? What are the freaking? You know the guy doing the car giveaway was like. You know what? Let's not even buy insurance on this one. This wrong. Got <laughs> no chance. And here, here comes women empowerment. The Me Too movement strikes again, and this woman <laughs> nails it. And I couldn't be any happier for her octogenarian butt. I'm happy for you. Yeah, it was the second best moment of the game behind the Alabama win. Was uh, her win? Uh, Marianne, I think her uh, somehow I inexplicably yeah. remember her name, and uh, yeah, that was. I mean, 
gosh, I'm, I, 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 at, I'm, at I'm not, I'm not a great golfer, but I like to pretend I'm a golfer and, uh, you could give me three buckets of balls. <laughs> the first three or four of my putts are going to miss the entire 10 foot cardboard. I mean, how do you read the putt? How do you read it? I mean, I know you say, well, just, just aim at I mean, it's not going to go left or right or right to left. It's just going to go straight. Yeah, you hit a putt straight 94 feet. But uh, no, yeah, I would have shanked it. There's no doubt about it. And the I other would. thing is, at 84 years old, she is legally obligated to be named Marianne. You know this, right? I mean, <laughs> starting at 82, if you're female, your name is Marianne. And if you're 82 and you're a male, your name is officially changed hey, to Jerry. I, I, I don't make the rules. Just proving what an idiot I am. I've played in numerous golf tournaments. I, I bet. Now, again, I'm, I'm not great. I'm, I'm okay, but I'm not great. But I have played in probably, I bet at least 15 to 20 times in my life. And this is all, I didn't start playing golf till after law school. So I didn't start playing golf till my mid-20s or, or late-20s. I bet 15 or 20 times I've played in a tournament and, and I'm playing on par three that if you hit a hole-in-one on the par three, you win a car or an enormous, you know, a huge amount of money, $10,000, 50000 100000 I mean, a lot. Or, or if it goes in the hole, you, you know, you win a car. I, I've, I've done it before in terms of, of and, and let me tell you, just proving that even if I was somehow blessed with the genetic skill to be a professional type athlete, I would never have the mental. I've never even hit a good shot. I don't even know, Luke, that I've hit the green when when a car is on the line because you can't help but think of it. You, it would be so. I guess the best of the best just clear their mind and focus on their swing. And no, I'm thinking in my backswing, this is going to go right at the flag and go in, and I'm driving out of here in this car, and then I shank it. 50 yards left or right or miss the ball or top it just so it's, it's always some embarrassment it's just terrible I, I i'm just not i'm i'm just glad that me and you have seats seats up up in the cheap seats like statler and waldorf that's what we do <laughs> but let me say you know what i just had a thought while you're talking about that because you're right when you give away a car or a million dollars or you know or a hundred thousand dollars or whatever it is for a hole in one as you're doing it um unless it's like a a tournament full of billionaires as you're doing it you immediately realize probably in the motion of your swing like okay i'm gonna make this i'm gonna make this i'm gonna make this oh there's no freaking chance i'm making this and that's when you shake it because there is (laughs) something inside of you that automatically thinks that okay i mean i can't who wins a car i can't win a car well what if we changed it to this what if for a hole in one I, I've had this is the best idea I've ever had. The next par three golf tournament thing where there's a hole in one and you get a prize. The prize is you get to open face slap the shit out of somebody, anybody, legally, <laughs> if you make a hole in one within the next 24 hours. Like, like do politicians count? That, yeah. Oh, everybody counts. Now, here's the rules. You have 24 hours. And it's, it's completely legal. It's like the purge. You have 24 hours. Nobody can say shit to you. And, and now you can't kill them. At first, I was thinking that would be kind of cool if you could murder somebody for 24 hours. And I was like, nah, that's a lot of guilt. You know, you have carry, a lot of guilt afterwards. I mean, you carry a lot, a lot of, of hate, man. Around, carrying around, a lot of hate with you. 
But think what? about it's like you could just open place slap anybody. And now it's up to you to get to that person's place. Like you've got to find that person. Like like let's say it's a it's a it's a guy that stole your girlfriend away in college. You're like, I know he lives in Atlanta somewhere. I'm not sure. And I've got twenty four and but you gotta pay to get to Atlanta. Like but if once you get there and if you find him no matter where he is, you slap the shit out of him open face. You have to make a tap. hole in one you have to make a hole in one first? Yeah, you got to make the hole in one first, and then like you get this like this badge, and like when he stands up and he's like, "All right, you want some of this?" and you like you hold that badge up, he's like, "Shit, you played in that tournament!" <laughs> Damn it! You take for somebody that doesn't play a lot of golf, you take your golf seriously. That's a that's a commitment, but man. I, that, but think about how many people would be concentrating their asses up for a car. It's kind of a headache. I mean, you know, you Justin car, Thomas would be slapping the hell out of everybody. But think Justin about Thomas it. You just be slapping somebody every day. And then you gotta you're you're like, okay, let me can I see the car? Oh shit, it doesn't have power windows. You didn't have power windows. You're like, yeah, we didn't tell you what kind of car, jackass. You just get a free <laughs> car. You know, it's like it didn't come with a door. You're like, what well, door's extra? I'm oh, sorry. I gotta edit that out. Sorry. Um, but uh you know, you, like that would be the thing to me, is make it so it's kind of reasonable and it's also something that you wanna do. But it can't be like Okay, like if, if the 24 hours is up and like you see the guy a week later, that's kind of on you. It gives you more incentive for the next hole in one. Maybe I don't carry enough hate with me, but you know what I'm going to do if I make a hole in one? I'm taking the car. I'm taking uh, the car. Okay. No, I mean, look, I'm just saying, you want a doorless <laughs> car with no power windows? You want to the hell out of the I'm still taking the car. <laughs> Uh, you just, I mean, you just get in trouble then. I mean, you're well, the only person I'm, yeah. the only person I'm slapping day, is like, I wish I'd taken Luke's idea up and on phone. So. Uh, I ain't slapping right, anybody, basketball. but an, I'm not slapping anybody, but an SEC a basketball official. All right, basketball. Uh, oh yeah, that. Yeah, speaking speaking of officials, I mean, look, and I know it was good for Alabama in terms of the way that it went down with the technicals. Are SEC officials just the worst that's ever been? I mean, the 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 shit they pulled against with us and A and M and Tennessee in terms of Tennessee shooting, I think approximately seventy two free throws and we shot three, and and same thing with A and M. I mean, what is wrong with these guys? And I know our style of play lends itself to that to some degree, but my God, this has gotten to be out of hand. And maybe we just all don't know what a foul is. Because I'm telling you, I don't understand. I think we need to have much more clearly defined boundaries for coaches and say, this is the coach's box. Now, and maybe we have an infrared sensor on there and say, if you step out of this box, it's a warning. The second time it's a tech, third time it's a double tech, and you're out of here. Like, make it so that coaches can't do anything. So, I don't want – because it feels like some officials give coaches more leeway than others, give more players more leeway than others. And let's try to make it a little more uniform with this thing because, frankly, I don't even know what a foul is. I think Kermit got tossed last night trying to protect uh, uh, Tyree. I think Tyree got the tech, and and then Kermit Kermit picked up a tech real quick to get all the focus on him and off his player because he was smart enough to realize what me and you have talked about in recruiting for for 10 years. The talented players are way more important than the coach on the sidelines, and they – they have a chance to win with Kermit in the locker room, but they have zero chance to win with Tyree in the locker room. 
So the coach, the coach impaled himself on the sword because he was smart enough to realize who's more important here. And the answer is, you know, Tyree, not you. So he, he went and watched the rest of the game in the locker room. So his uh, star player could play who, who still fouled out anyway, but that's just a fact. Yeah, but that's, Nick that's funny. That. I think it's kind of funny. It sounds like uh, the referee comes over and says, coach, I, I've got to, I got to throw Tyree out. He, he said, my mom wears combat boots. He goes, no, that was me. I said your mom wears combat boots. And I also said that. But, oh, well, you're out of here then. You did damn right I'm out of here. I was still in though, right? I think that's what happened. I mean, that's, I mean, that's literally what happened. So Here's another uh, thing. How can we shoot so well and have such great ball movement at a place we haven't won in, in what, 10 years? 11 and years? And How did can you we notice, look like that? Did you notice Petty got – I mean, I, I've seen this happen before, but never to last night's extreme. Petty got hot because he was taking threes on dead balls. No, you're absolutely <laughs> correct. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> there was a couple of dead balls, and Petty's just thrown up in there, and it starts going in. <laughs> and Petty's like, I'm on fire. And then, then the he live balls. Won, that, okay. yeah, that's he what started. one on the Tyree – he took one on the Tyree Tech. <laughs> he did. He, he did. I mean, Petty literally made two or three threes on dead balls and then was like begging for the ball the rest of the game and, and would have made them all night. He could have he been sitting in the lobby of the Peabody Hotel in Memphis and drained a three in Oxford, Mississippi, the way he was shooting at the end. And it all started with him picking up the ball and throwing it at the hoop on dead balls. With a duck in his face, there would have been – he still would have made it. For those of you who don't know, there's a line of ducks, ducks that walks into the Peabody about every afternoon. But anyway, um, so it was, it, it was just bizarre to see that this was the same team that played Wednesday night. Because, look, when you, when you see a good team, like when you see Gonzaga, and, like, Gonzaga is upset by – or, excuse me, San Diego State. They get upset last night by UNLV – and they played like shit for most of the game. But the rest of the year, they beat everybody's ass. You're like, how is this the same team? Well, you can give San Diego State a pass because you're like, yeah, they, I mean, yeah, they were due a bad game. And, and we, I didn't know Alabama had a 25-point road win at Ole Miss. And I'm not saying Ole Miss is a world beater, but they, Ole Miss took Auburn to overtime. They, you know, they've been, they're not easy to beat in Oxford. And so no, no, they, be, they killed Florida. They killed Florida and Oxford. So, I mean, how did – I mean, how is Alex Reese, who frankly made some of the most boneheaded decisions Wednesday night, how is he making 38-foot uh, contested alley-oop passes to John Petty of all people? <laughs> Perfectly executed. He was beautiful. How is that happening? I I just think that it was – we talked about this after the loss on Wednesday. It was almost predictable because we've seen Alabama for four years. Not this Alabama team, but the fact that we lost to Texas A&M at home was so predictable. And equally predictable, we'd go on the road and win impressively in what amounts to a tougher game. That's a tougher game. What's, a, what's harder to do, beat A&M at home or beat Ole Miss on the road? Beat Ole Miss on the road. Oh, no Not only did we beat Ole Miss on the road, we beat their ass on the road by like 25 points and scored 103 or 105, whatever it was. And that, and it's, it's like, 
the crazy is predictable with this bunch. Just when you think we're good, we're not. Just when you think we're dead, we're really good. It's that's this team, and the, and they've been that way. My, my answer for why we are this way is the transition. We're still transitioning. You know, I know Avery Johnson, Anthony Grant were different guys with different systems, but the change is so radical in doing what they were doing to doing what we're doing now and the fact we're so shorthanded. But, but even though we're shorthanded, they've got some skills. Kyra's a good player. Petty's a good player. Shackelford's a good player. Alex Reese is a really talented shooter for his size. I mean, you know, we got some dudes a little bit, and that's why sometimes we're really good, but we're not great every single night. And for those that get frustrated over, well, we're not great every single night, and that pisses me off, well, then go go root for Kansas. We're not that. And, 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 and maybe we will get there, but we were never going to be that this year. And I remember one of my favorite things I ever saw in a message board loop was Riley Norris. And I I like Riley. Riley was a good in-state recruit, a good player for Alabama. He busted his ass. Good player. Not a great player, but a good player. And he had a really good game. So he, he scored like 21 one night, had about 11 boards, was the star of the game. And we win the game, like a road SEC game. And, and we did it because Riley played really well. And someone on a message board said, that just pisses me off. Why doesn't he do that every night? Well, because his name wouldn't be Riley Norris if he did that every night. His name would be Zion Williamson if he did that every night. That's why he didn't do it. That's not who he is. Yes, it's great that he did it once. And sometimes he gets close to that on other nights. But you are what you are. And Alabama is not good enough to be really good Every single night, we don't have the players of the roster for that, but we do have the players in the roster to be really good for stretches of time. And we need to enjoy it when that happens. And it damn sure happened last night. And look, I write this down, take a picture of it, whatever you want to do. I'm not saying anymore that this game is a must win at all. Um, I'm just going to sort of take games as they come now. I mean, when Mississippi State rolls around Tuesday night, I'm going to be like, hey, we played Tuesday night. You know, Mississippi State, this is great. I'm not going to get anxious about it. I'm just going to let it happen and see what goes on and hope for the best because this, you know, angst of we've got to win this game because we probably aren't going to win that game is really – I can't predict it anymore. We are not a predictable team, which makes it kind of fun to watch. Yep. Uh, Mississippi State and Starfield is going to be really, really tough. I said this at the time we beat them. It was an impressive win the night we beat them. We beat them at home. We beat them at home in Tuscaloosa and have lost to Tennessee, A&M, Arkansas, and Penn at home. And Mississippi State is better than all those teams, in my opinion. And it's because no doubt. Uh, Perry, Woodard, and uh, that guard, uh, Witherspoon. Witherspoon? Yeah. Yeah, those three guys – they're as good as any three in the league. I mean, now I know they don't have five, they don't have seven, they don't have nine, they don't have ten. They certainly don't have 12. But their best three guys, I don't know who Kentucky's best three guys are, but I'm not sure they're any better than those three. I mean, they're they're a hell of a matchup problem. And then playing them at home, 
and uh, and we got to guard those guys. And Woodard and and Perry are big. Um, it, it's not a great matchup for us. Somehow we beat them in Tuscaloosa, playing one of our better games of the year. I'm not saying we can't beat them Tuesday because clearly when we play our best, we can beat anyone. But whew, it is a tall mountain. Now we seem to specialize in those tall mountains, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, we got four regular season games left. South Carolina, Mississippi State, Bandy, and Missouri. And I'm going to say you just about couldn't have four games, two on the road, two away, uh, any better, set up any better for you. Those are, we, that's about the best four. I mean, if you want to say, okay, you know, you could throw in an Arkansas at home. Well, they've already beaten us at home, so I'm not <laughs> throwing them in there. Um, make no mistake. Think, make no mistake. We could beat we could beat Mississippi State and Starkville and lose to Vanderbilt and Tuscaloosa. <laughs> we yeah, are you know, Vandy very had Georgia beat. Yeah, Vandy had Georgia beat. They did, and yeah. and they they blew it. So yeah, Vandy I mean, had a big Vandy lead on Kentucky just fighting. two weeks ago. That's right. They're Vandy. still out there fighting. And Missouri beat Auburn at home. I mean, Missouri's got some players too. I mean, they're not awful. So, but I'm I'm just saying based on what's out there, that's about the best. Uh, yes. Quartet of games you could have for us trying to make the dance. And yes. I, I mean, look, I still believe instead of trying to go, this is a must win, that's a must win, I'm going to say if we win three of these last four, I feel pretty damn good about our chances because some other things have happened recently where, um, you know, South Carolina lost again, uh, which helps. Uh, Mississippi State got beat by AM, which I think helps. Um, you know, there, there's some things that, uh, league-wide that have helped us out a little bit. And yes. uh, we are we should squarely be in the, hey, I don't know what's going to happen with these five teams from the SEC bubble. Yep. Yeah, couldn't so. agree more. I mean, it's 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 not it's not a predictable thing. It's not a mapping it out. Like, what do we got to win? What do we got to lose? I know this. If, if, if we want to play in the tournament, two things at the NCAA tournament, two things have to happen. Well, well A or B has to happen. A is just, well, screw it, just win the SEC tournament. And someone, this is the best chance or the best year for someone to win the SEC tournament that's not Kentucky. I think it's more wide open than ever before. But yet, as I say that, Kentucky's playing their best basketball of the year, and they're going to be a hell of an out in Nashville. I mean, they're, they're, they're good and getting better. But it is more of a wide open year, and if we're ever going to win the SEC tournament again, this feels like a like a decent chance to do it, but whew, winning four SEC games in a row, I'm not sure how many times we've done that this year. The answer might be zero. The odds that we would do it in back-to-back-to-back-to-back days with just seven or eight guys that we play doesn't feel right. So the better route of getting in is this. Go 4-0 and or 3-1. and in these last four, and then win a couple of games in Nashville. And I yeah. think I think if we do that, we're in. I think so. I can't swear to it because it's not just about what Alabama does. It's about what everyone else is doing, and, and, and that's beyond our control or beyond our knowledge of what might happen. But, but if we win all four or three of the last four and a couple in Nashville, that probably gets us in. So – the season is not over in terms of a goal of making the NCAA tournament. It's it's still alive, but 
we've got to play well. And, and if we lose in Starkville, probably not the final nail in the coffin, but but it may force us to win out in the last three. Yeah, and I mean, look, maybe we're going to play a little better with that albatross hanging around our neck. I mean, we we obviously felt very good, you know, Wednesday morning, last Wednesday morning, we were thinking, okay, we'll get this win against A&M and we can still lose to Ole Miss. Well, it actually went the other way around. Other way around. And, um, you know, if we can get this – look, there's just no – it's not a must win. It's just not. It is a, hey, I'd be really thrilled to death if we could win this mother. Um, I'd say the only must left on the schedule is you cannot lose the Vandy at home. I think right. that's fair to say. That may be fair. Rest it of is. It, we, can, we can lose one of them. And I think it, it could be any of the th- other three. It's fair to say, and trust me, oh, with this bunch, oh, it can happen. Oh, it can, <laughs> it can happen. It can happen. We could lose to, we could lose to Piedmont. Piedmont, high. I mean, when we're not playing well, yeah, we just we don't play, play well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they just added it on to that. They're trying to find extra games for us to get in. Okay, I got you. Um, all right, buddy. This the, our call time is about to end, so I will uh, just say a big roll tide, and we'll try and do this again. Tomorrow, I'll get to see Mr. Uh, Jadarian Davidson tomorrow night, so I'm looking forward to that. That is awesome. Can't wait to hear uh, what your thoughts are on J.D., who is clearly, I mean, easily, uh, he is the best prospect in the state I'm aware of, and by that, I mean any class. Uh, uh, Freshman, sophomore, junior, senior, I think he's the best college prospect playing high school basketball in Alabama. So eager to hear your analysis, pal. All right, buddy. We'll talk tomorrow. Roll Tide. Roll Tide.